In November 2012, earth-shattering news spread across the globe. North Korea's official state news agency declared that a unicorn lair had been discovered. According to Korean Central News Agency, archaeologists unearthed the mythical beast's ancient home in the capital city of Pyongyang. The den bore a helpful sign that read, Unicorn Lair. According to the Korean legend, an ancient king named Tongmyong tamed and rode a unicorn. 21st century officials suggested that this den was the very same one that belonged to Tongmyong's mount. Thus, they sought to legitimize Kim Jong-un's regime by tying it to the legendary kingdom. When the story broke, international reporters quickly offered a rebuttal. Unicorns didn't exist. The claims had to be part of a misleading government propaganda campaign. But the real question was whether the North Korean people believed the story. After all, most of them had heard misinformation about their nation for their entire lives. They'd learned that their former dear leader, Kim Jong-il, was an almost divine being, born under a double rainbow and a new star. Few North Korean citizens had any reason to doubt his son, Kim Jong-un. So perhaps some people bought the unicorn story, hook, line, and sinker. This is just one example of how susceptible people can be to propaganda. If you're fed lies for long enough, you may even believe unicorns are real. But you don't have to live in a totalitarian society for someone to manipulate your mind. According to some conspiracy theorists, no matter what country you live in, your reality is just as riddled with faux history as North Korea. A children's book series title here, a world leader's death there, all part of a phenomenon called the Mandela Effect. The problem is, there isn't a single shred of evidence to prove the phenomenon even exists. The only way to weigh the possibilities is to use our logic and reasoning. But if the Mandela Effect tells us anything, it's that we can't trust our own minds. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our second episode on the Mandela Effect, a phenomenon in which large numbers of people misremember the same bit of history in the exact same way. Last time, we covered some of the most shocking Mandela Effect examples from pop culture. We talked about the death of civil rights activist Nelson Mandela in 2013, who some remember dying in the 1980s. We've discussed Sinbad's Shazam, a movie that apparently doesn't exist. And we explored the possibility that someone changed the title of the Bernstein Bears book series. Today, we'll try to determine what causes the Mandela Effect. Many skeptics believe that people simply misremember details en masse. 
But true believers think the explanation is more remarkable. It's evidence of time travel, or even alternate dimensions. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. According to posters on Reddit, MandelaEffect.com, and other internet forums, The history you know isn't true. South African civil rights activist Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 1980s. A Sinbad-led movie called Shazam flopped in theaters in the 90s. And there's a beloved children's book series called The Berenstein Bears. That might all sound accurate to you, but the problem is there's no evidence to support those statements. In fact, Mandela didn't die until 2013. Sinbad never acted in a movie called Shazam, and the books were called The Baron Stain Bears. These misconceptions, and hundreds of others like them, are all examples of the Mandela effect. It's more than just forgetfulness. It's a scenario in which dozens or hundreds of people misremember a piece of history in the exact same way. The communal element is unsettling. It's one thing to recollect something incorrectly, but something else for a whole group of people to share a false reminiscence. But that doesn't mean the Mandela effect is evidence of the supernatural. It might just be an ordinary psychological phenomenon. When you think of memories, you might imagine your brain operates like a photo album. Each time you want to remember a specific event, you pull out a crisp picture that perfectly encapsulates the details of that day. In reality, your memory is more like the draft of an email on your phone. Each time you access it, you risk changing it simply by brushing your fingers against the sensitive keypad. You add more text and delete some of the original message until it's impossible to discern what it used to say. This all happens automatically and without you realizing it. According to psychologist Endel Tulving and psychiatrist Martin Lepage, every time you remember something, your brain incorporates details from the time of recall into the memory itself. In other words, if you think about a past event today, the details that are true for you right now will permanently color the way you recollect it. 
For example, let's imagine that you go out to dinner with your best friend. You both eat pasta and drink red wine at a fancy Italian restaurant. Meanwhile, opera music blasts through the speakers. Later, you remember that meal while you're driving. But now, Katy Perry is playing on the radio. Your mind conflates that detail with your actual memory, so you remember Never Really Over instead of the opera music. You recall the night out again while scrolling through a dating app. And now your brain rewrites it so you're on a blind date instead of with your friend. This happens over and over. The Italian pasta becomes pub chicken fingers. The red wine transforms into strawberry lemonade. You're not consciously changing your recollection, but your brain does this automatically each time you access it. This kind of memory rewriting might explain some Mandela Effect examples. Let's look at the Berenstain Bears. It makes sense that the series was always called Berenstain. The authors were a couple named Stan and Jan Berenstain, and they named their characters after themselves. However, the suffix stain is fairly unusual, while steen is very common for European and North American names. If someone read the Berenstain Bear books decades ago and later misremembered them as the Berenstain Bears, their mind might revamp all their memories to fit. As for why so many people made the same mistake, it's possible that some only formed the faux recollection after they heard of the controversy. A few users insisting that the books were called Berenstain might have persuaded people who otherwise would have remembered it correctly. This is because it's easy to convince a person to recall something that didn't happen through the power of suggestion. For example, psychologist Jim Cohn made some interesting findings in the 1990s when he was an undergrad at the University of Washington. For his cognitive psychology class, he sought to earn extra credit through an impromptu experiment. He tried to implant false memories in his family's minds and found success with his brother Chris. Jim told Chris that he wanted to test his recollection of some childhood experiences. Then he recited three real incidents and one that he completely made up. The fake story was fairly short and vague, but it involved five-year-old Chris getting separated from his parents at a shopping mall. The family panicked, searching for the missing boy. Eventually, an older man in a flannel shirt found Chris and returned him to his worried relatives. Chris cried throughout, apparently terrified by the experience. When Jim asked Chris about the fake Lost in the Mall incident, Chris agreed that he remembered it. In fact, he added new details that weren't in Jim's original account. Jim didn't hypnotize Chris or try to brainwash him. He just recounted the story, and that was enough to implant a false memory. In a December 1995 follow-up study, researchers tried to plant the same faux recollection in their own family members. They found that about 29% of the participants remembered the fake Lost in the Mall story, even though it never happened to them. The investigators didn't find any patterns regarding why certain subjects did or didn't recall the event. But this research suggested people are more likely to remember a fictional incident if they hear about it multiple times or feel social pressure to please the person who first described it. 
meaning it's possible to trick someone into remembering something that never happened. Psychologists aren't precisely sure why, but some believe it has to do with something called fuzzy trace memory. Basically, our brains store information in two ways, verbatim, which is highly detailed, and gist, which focuses on core concepts. For example, your verbatim memory might be, Joan used to volunteer at the animal shelter, while your gist memory is, Joan loved dogs. The older we get, the more we rely on gist remembrances and the more we forget verbatim recollections. So later in life, maybe you're confident that Joan is a canine fanatic, but you're not sure why. When someone tells you a lie that Joan once owned a Great Dane, you accept the falsehood as the truth simply because it fits with your understanding of the world. Now picture this. You grew up reading the Berenstain Bears, but now you're an adult and haven't looked at the books in decades. One day, you're browsing the internet, and someone writes a post about the Berenstain Bears. Since the series isn't fresh in your mind, you think, sure, that's what you used to call it. Then the poster suggests some kind of conspiracy in which an unidentified figure has rewritten every Berenstain Bears book to be about the Berenstain Bears. And even though an hour ago you didn't have any strong opinions about the title, now you're fully on board with the Berenstain Truther movement. In essence, you've fallen prey to the power of suggestion and false memories, and it all happened automatically without you noticing. But that doesn't explain why paranormal investigator Fiona Broom misremembered when Nelson Mandela died. At that point, nobody had identified the Mandela effect yet, so it's unlikely that someone else suggested the misinformation to her. Instead, this may be an example of a schema error. Schemas are cognitive frameworks in which our minds group related information together in order to interpret and keep track of them. However, sometimes it can be hard to distinguish between similar concepts. For example, let's say I give you a memory test. I'm going to say five words and ask you to remember them. Blue, green, red, yellow, pink. Ten minutes later, I'll ask, was purple on the list? The answer is no, but you might say yes because you remember that every word on the list was a color. Schema errors make you confuse similar ideas. Purple is similar to blue, yellow, pink, and so on. We do this all the time. You might distinctly remember drinking a delicious pilsner at a friend's party when it was really a stout. You may recall dancing to the Spice Girls' Wannabe at a high school dance, but the actual song was Spice Up Your Life. And Fiona probably confused a different memory with Nelson Mandela's alleged death. She may have recalled a different South African civil rights leader, Steve Biko. Like Nelson Mandela, Biko was an anti-racism activist whose efforts led to his arrest. Except Biko died in prison in 1977. Fiona might have seen his funeral on TV. Years later, she conflated Steve Biko and Nelson Mandela and assumed it was the latter who died. Likewise, Mandela Effect enthusiasts might misremember Curious George as having a tail because they're used to seeing monkeys with tails. 
Or they might incorrectly believe that rich Uncle Pennybags, the Monopoly mascot, wears a monocle because monocles are associated with ostentatious wealth. But what about Shazam? To recap from last time, hundreds of online users believe that sometime in the 1990s, the comedian Sinbad played a genie in a children's movie called Shazam. Some critics believe that the so-called Shazam truthers misremember the title of the Shaq-led genie movie Kazam. Schema errors made them confuse comedian Sinbad and basketball player Shaq since both are tall celebrities who became famous for something other than acting. But Shazam truthers insist that this is impossible. Many can recite specific plot points and scenes that never happened in the Kazam movie. This isn't an ordinary misconception, nor is it likely to be confused with a similar incident. So schema errors and the power of suggestion can't explain it. Which means we're left with a baffling set of facts. Dozens of people remember the same non-existent incident, and there's no psychological explanation for it. Perhaps their memories are correct, meaning someone or something erased every shred of evidence of these events. But who or what could be capable of rewriting reality? Whatever it is, it would have to be powerful enough to change decades' worth of products, news coverage, and archival records. Perhaps the answer lies in some recent scientific breakthroughs and the study of time travel. Up next, how to jump into the distant future. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. Many Mandela Effect critics believe ordinary psychological processes can account for the phenomenon, namely the power of suggestion and confabulation. But these psychological concepts can't explain all discrepancies in collective memory. And if some Mandela Effect devotees aren't wrong, then what's true? Could some external force really erase all evidence of a real historical event? This scenario, where a person remembers something that everyone else insists never happened, sounds a bit like the plot of the 2000 feature film, Frequency. The movie follows John Sullivan, who uses a ham radio to communicate with his deceased father, Frank, in the past. John helps Frank change history and watches as reality updates in the present. Ultimately, John saves his parents three times. First, he tells his father how to escape a deadly fire. Then, he helps authorities capture a serial killer before his mother's murder. Finally, he convinces Frank to quit smoking, sparing him death by lung cancer. In the end, Frank appears in the modern day. But John is the only person who can remember the original timeline. So far as everyone else is concerned, Frank has been alive the entire time. Granted, the plotline doesn't fully fit with the Mandela effect. 
John actively worked to alter his history, and he fully understood why his present reality kept changing. Most people with false recollections don't understand why their reminiscences don't align with the evidence. But the core idea is the same. If the past changes, most people's memories may reset to the new timeline. But for some reason, others might be resistant, and their incorrect recollections offer hints of history that no longer exists. In other words, the Mandela Effect might be evidence of time travel. It may function like in frequency, where individuals today communicate with people in the past. Or maybe someone's actually journeying through the years. The specifics aren't as important as the possibility that some people may remember an alternate timeline that no longer exists. For example, let's imagine Shazam was real at one point. And while it was never a huge hit, maybe a few thousand people saw it. Later, time travelers somehow ensured that the film never got made. Naturally, this would erase every copy of the movie, plus any trailers, posters, reviews, ticket stubs, and every other shred of evidence that it ever existed. After all, in the new timeline, it never did. In fact, only one clue remains. Memories that, for whatever reason, didn't update with the rest of the world. It's hard to say why some people's recollections would be immune. After all, nobody knows how time travel is supposed to work. But some recent scientific breakthroughs suggest that hopping through time is theoretically possible. Let's begin by defining time as a concept. It's actually a lot more complicated than the numbers on your watch. You may remember from physics class that all the matter in our universe exists in four measurable dimensions, height, width, length, and time. You can move through the first three things at will, but not time. In time, you're constantly moving forward at a steady rate of one second per second. However, some forces can alter the speed of time. If you accelerated fast enough, you could literally slow time down for yourself. At least, we think that's true, thanks to Einstein's theory of relativity. The science is very complicated, so we're going to explore it in a simplified way. There's one rule of physics that, as far as we know, is unbreakable. Light is the fastest thing in the universe. It's impossible for anything to travel faster than light, or even to match its speed. So let's imagine we built an ultra-powerful spaceship with incredibly efficient engines. It still wouldn't go quite as fast as light, but let's hypothesize that it can fly ever so slightly slower. When the ship accelerates to its maximum momentum, something strange happens. Time begins to pass slower on board the craft than it does outside. Meaning, even though people on board the vessel think they're zooming along at an unimaginably fast rate, nearly the speed of light, everyone outside agrees that the rocket is crawling along at a snail's pace. Once they land, the passengers may think that their flight lasted an hour. Their clocks inside the vessel verify the speedy journey. But to the people outside and their clocks, the astronauts have been gone for days, weeks, maybe even months. This isn't just a matter of different perceptions. Those minutes literally passed at different rates. 
This is because everything on the vessel accelerates with it, including the light on board. But physics says light cannot possibly travel any faster than it already does. So existence actually warps. Time runs at different rates on and off the ship to ensure the light travels at a consistent speed. This scenario is called time dilation. Similar distortions happen inside the event horizon of black holes. But we wouldn't recommend you test that, as the gravity well would crush you to death in no time. Pun intended. However, we have been able to dilate time in controlled situations. For example, in the 1990s and 2000s, Russian cosmonaut Sergei Krikalov spent an accumulated 809 days, 9 hours, and 39 minutes in orbit. And thanks to the time dilation associated with his speedy space flights, Krikalov has also traveled into the future by 0.02 seconds. That fraction of a moment probably isn't what you picture when you think of time travel. We'd need a spaceship much, much faster than anything that exists today if we wanted to make a significant jump. And even if we did invent such a vessel, it would still only travel through time in one direction. You might be able to skip decades or centuries into your own future, but you wouldn't be able to step into the past. At least as far as we know. It's technically possible that a top-secret government agency or corporation has invented a working time machine that can travel backwards. But there's no evidence to support that scenario. Plus, trips back in time couldn't explain every Mandela Effect example. As we discussed last time, many Mandela Effect believers think New Zealand used to be northeast of Australia rather than its current location to the southeast. It's hard to imagine even the most advanced past-altering technology being able to make that happen. Even if it could, the unintended consequences would be immeasurable. That's because the shape of the Earth's surface actually affects global climate patterns. For example, mountains create rain because wind has to travel upward to get over them. The air contains water vapor, which condenses as it rises and cools. Eventually, it forms clouds and then falls as precipitation. Likewise, vegetation tends to capture moisture and heat, creating regions where the weather doesn't fluctuate drastically between the day and night. When people chop down trees and pave over grass, they can actually change the region's climate. Many cities are man-made heat islands with irregular cloud formations, temperature fluctuations, and precipitation. If the entire nation of New Zealand moved, the shift would permanently alter at least two environments, the region where the island originally was and its new home. Every climatologist on Earth would notice the sudden change in ambient heat, regional storms, and irregular precipitation. Even if some researchers didn't remember the atmospheric patterns from the original timeline, they'd have difficulty explaining the erratic weather patterns in the Indian Ocean and Tasman Sea. In short, even if you could move a country, it wouldn't go unnoticed. Any change, even small to a system, can generate countless consequences in that system's behavior that are impossible to anticipate. 
This is the basis of the phenomenon known as the butterfly effect. The phrase comes from a rhetorical question posed in 1972. At a meeting for the American Association for the Advancement of Science, mathematician and meteorologist Edward Lorenz asked, does the flap of a butterfly's wings in Brazil set off a tornado in Texas? The question was asked in reference to weather forecasting. Lorenz had become skeptical about meteorologists who used old weather maps to make forecasts. He claimed that because there were so many variants that affect the world's atmosphere, it's impossible to make accurate predictions about future weather events by looking backwards. In fact, he found that even the smallest change to previous conditions could have drastic effects on today's weather. Lorenz's findings helped found and popularize the idea of deterministic chaos, the idea that in a system, a tiny, seemingly insignificant action sets off a chain reaction with massive consequences. For instance, let's say you're a time traveler with a fairly low-stakes mission. You want to change the key line from Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, from, no, I am your father, to, Luke, I am your father. But every second you spend back in 1980, you're interacting with people and potentially transforming their lives. Maybe a chance conversation with a passerby leads him to miss his train, which means he never meets his future wife and their children never get born. Or a casual comment to a businesswoman influences the investments she makes, creating a new billionaire. In other words, if someone were changing the past, the fallout would probably be huge. It's hard to say exactly how sizable, because it's unclear how this theoretical time travel would work. For example, we don't know if people intended to change things like the name of the Berenstain Bears, or if that's the consequence of some other alteration. We also don't know why there's so much variation, even among Mandela Effect experiences. If someone thinks they saw Shazam as a child, but also remembers that the Lindbergh baby died, are they from a different timeline than someone with the opposite faux recollections? The one consistency is that Mandela Effect examples all seem to be minor pieces of obscure pop culture or history. But if someone were rewriting the past, you'd think individuals would remember bigger changes. We'd ask things like, why does nobody else remember President Beyonce Knowles? Or what happened to the colonies on Jupiter? At least, assuming that's how deterministic chaos works. Some people believe that small changes would only have minor fallout. So maybe time travelers really went back to the past. They destroyed the Shazam movie and rewrote The Empire Strikes Back. And those changes didn't have any real fallout at all. The only sign that anything is different is that some people remember the old timeline. However, there's no way to prove any of this. Right now, any trips to the past are merely hypothetical. So it's safe to say that the Mandela Effect doesn't prove history has changed. Maybe that's because we're the ones who are changing. Perhaps this world has always been this way, but it's not our original home. We're travelers from a parallel universe. Up next, evidence of alternate dimensions. Now back to the story. 
For years, paranormal enthusiasts and researchers have tried to determine what causes the Mandela effect. While psychology and time travel can account for some instances, it's hard to nail down an exact explanation. But in December 2015, scientists at CERN found a potential answer. The physicists made their discovery using the Large Hadron Collider, a massive particle accelerator just outside of Geneva, Switzerland. In simple terms, the Large Hadron Collider fires protons or ions at each other near the speed of light. When they hit, scientists study their interactions and reactions to further understand how particles in the universe work. In the 2015 studies, CERN researchers smashed protons together, only to find that the energy output was higher than they'd anticipated. After further review, they discovered that the collision generated a huge particle that, until that point, had only been theorized. That may have proved the existence of gravitons. A graviton is a hypothetical piece of gravity, similar to how atoms are pieces of matter and photons are pieces of light. By itself, the existence of gravitons isn't that shocking. Gravity has to come from somewhere. But given how we understand physics, gravitons shouldn't act the way they do. The specifics are complicated to explain, but in the simplest terms, gravitons supposedly behave differently than other particles in our universe. Which means that the gravitons potentially found in the Large Hadron Collider may have come from somewhere else. A place where physics works differently. Somewhere like another dimension. In fact, some researchers believe gravity itself stretches across realities. That's because it's far weaker than other forces. For example, you probably have shopping lists, photos, or your children's art projects on your refrigerator right now. A tiny magnet, no more than an inch or two in size, is enough to counteract the Earth's gravitational pull and prevent them from fluttering to the ground. But perhaps gravity is more powerful than we can measure. It might act across multiple realms, dispersing into dimensions that we haven't identified yet. That may be why gravity seems so weak. In our universe, we're only feeling a fraction of its pull. Now, everything we just discussed is hypothetical. Scientists haven't proven it. There's still a lot that researchers don't understand about subatomic theory or about how gravity works. But the graviton studies provide persuasive evidence that parallel realities might exist. According to physicist Brian Greene, our universe has far more dimensions than the height, width, length, and time we're familiar with. There may be as many as 10 or 11. It's impossible to imagine what those worlds are like but they may host a reality similar to ours. In fact, mathematics suggests that's inevitable. See, each parallel universe contains a finite amount of matter. Because there are only so many ways for atoms to arrange themselves, some of these dimensions must be essentially identical. Parallel worlds also make sense in some fields of quantum mechanics. For example, you may think that every day you make decisions that shape your existence. Wake up early or hit the snooze button. Regular or decaf. Call your boss or send an email. 
But some researchers believe you never make just one choice. Instead, you choose every choice. And at each inflection point, the universe breaks apart, creating one reality where you go with option A and another for option B. Let's imagine you're shopping for a new jacket. You try on a red one and a blue one. You like the way they both look, but you can only afford one. Since you can't decide which you prefer, you flip a coin. If you land on heads, you'll get the red jacket. Tails, you'll buy the blue. But the moment the coin comes down, something incredible happens. The universe splits apart. In one reality, you buy the red jacket. In another, you get the blue. And so far as major life decisions go, your clothing color won't make a huge difference. If you were somehow to jump from one universe to the other, you might not even notice that you've traveled between realities. The only hint would be hidden at the back of your closet. And when you spot the red jacket, you might shrug it off as if you simply misremembered that trip to the store. Or you might confuse the date of Nelson Mandela's death, or whether you ever saw a movie called Shazam, or the exact wording of the magic mirror spell in Snow White. In other words, there may be thousands of interdimensional travelers trapped in our universe. People who grew up in one reality, which is almost identical to ours. But at some point, their world created different pieces of pop culture. And no rule says these splits must be recent. Perhaps we separated from a parallel universe 175 million years ago, when the Earth's continents first formed. And maybe some people grew up in a world where New Zealand was northeast of Australia. In the Mirror Universe, the island nation has been in its current location for millions of years. There was no sudden shift of landmass, which meant the climate didn't go haywire. So the multiverse idea doesn't have the same logic problems that time travel does. But both scenarios share a major drawback. There's no physical proof that they're even possible, yet. While many researchers believe in parallel universes, there's no indication that anyone has ever moved between them. Numerous physicists, including astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, think that we could invent technology to carry us from one world to another. But first, we'd need to understand how the multiple universes form. However, there are too many unknowns to even guess at what interdimensional travel might entail. Unless the Mandela effect results from some breakthrough the public isn't aware of. Perhaps in some top-secret government lab or corporate R&D department, a group of physicists are yanking unwitting people from their universe into our own. That may seem unthinkable, but allegedly ancient Americans predicted this scenario thousands of years ago. In an article for Correspondences, the Journal for the Study of Esotericism, researcher Aaron French observes that the Mandela Effect became popular online around 2012 or 2013. This coincides with a notable date for paranormal enthusiasts, December 21, 2012, the so-called Mayan Apocalypse. The ancient Mayans lived in modern-day Mexico and Central America for thousands of years. 
They built great cities, explored mathematics, and constructed breathtaking pyramids before European colonists conquered them in the 16th century. They famously had a very detailed calendar that covered more than 5,000 years, beginning on August 11, 3114 BCE, and ending on December 21, 2012 CE. Mystics, conspiracy theorists, and paranormal enthusiasts believed that the date would mark some kind of global change. They weren't sure what would happen, but some argued the world would end, or aliens would make contact, or an invisible planet would reveal its existence. And as many of you probably remember, December 21, 2012 came and went without fanfare. Nothing notable or world-changing happened. At least, not that we noticed. But perhaps a portal opened that shuffled thousands of people between worlds. And suddenly, individuals around the globe noticed inconsistencies between their memories and the reality around them. The problem with that scenario? The Mandela Effect discourse began before the Mayan apocalypse. Although it didn't become an internet sensation until the mid-2010s, Fiona Broom first coined the term in 2009, well before 2012. But maybe something else drew people from a mirror universe. Mandela Effect enthusiasts have pointed to CERN experiments that began in 2008, when researchers started using the Large Hadron Collider. Perhaps their studies transported unwitting individuals from another universe into ours, but it took a few years for them to notice. Some experiencers also suggested that cutting-edge quantum computers may be powerful enough to interfere with our reality and create parallel ones. And a few even believe that the Mandela effect is inherently demonic, a sign of the apocalypse as predicted in the Book of Daniel. The problem is, all of these scenarios are highly speculative. They all assume that something mysterious is going on, which science has yet to identify and explain. In other words, it's impossible to test any of these theories. They're feasible, sure. But that doesn't mean they're likely. That absence of evidence suggests that the psychological explanation for the Mandela effect is the most likely one. There's no hard proof that anyone has ever traveled through time or between parallel universes. But schema errors and the power of suggestion are both real phenomena. We don't have an easy solution to every Mandela effect example, but psychological processes fit most of the facts better than any other theory. And even if something more ominous is going on, it's not likely we can do anything about it. Until everyone has access to time machines or large hadron colliders, ordinary people can't reshape reality. So we may have to accept the Mandela effect as a fact of life. It's something we all have to live with, an integral part of human existence. That is, until the next time, reality resets. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. 
We will be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Angela Jorgensen, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Connor Sampson. Fact-checking by Adriana Romero, and research by Brad Klein and Brian Petrus. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Thank you.